Over 2.5 million youth in the U.S. have severe depression and multiracial youth are at the greatest risk. I had a gun. I had bullets. I, I several times was ready to shoot myself. Like that was going to be the method that I would do. You don't know what other people are going through. Be kind to one another. Are you feeling stuck, lost, tired, or uninspired? We've all been there, including myself. I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. I'm here to tell you that the best, unapologetic, and limitless version of yourself is yet to come. The Born Unbreakable podcast is here to inspire just that. With motivating guests from all different walks of life and around the world, their stories will empower you to unlock abundance and your unbreakable spirit. Do you need accountability? Reach out to me for a free consultation of how I can support you in reaching your maximum potential. Hey everyone, it is Coach Des here, host of the Born Unbreakable podcast, and I am launching Born a Boss Babe 90-Day Transformational Program starting in August. And I'm looking for 18 to 24-year-old young, confident women who are ready to step up and excel in life. What is the biggest difference of somebody like an Oprah or a LeBron James? It's having that mentorship and coaching. So if you're ready to supercharge your life, hit me up, des at bornunbreakable.com for more details. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I am your host, Coach Des, and I am back from vacation. I have not taken a vacation, and honestly, I don't remember how long. Long weekends were the new version of vacation, and so it's been a few years since actually taking an extended period of time off. So I was in Cabo for eight days, and it is a place I have frequented. For those of you who know me well, I started going there back in 2014. Uh, It's definitely good to go back to one of my favorite places to support that beautiful oasis and enjoy activities with people that I care about. It was a lot of fun. And for those of you watching, hopefully you can appreciate my tan. I have the vibes going on for summer. And right now it is steadily in the hundreds of degrees here in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I am back now home. I think there's a couple of days this week where it will be reaching 111, a couple days in a row. So that is the excitement that I am in. Definitely feeling rejuvenated, getting back into the swing of things with my clients. And it is, it is certainly a busy, busy time this summer. I wanted to bring you an episode today that it does feel a little bit somber, However, I think it's incredibly important for us to address, and it is the subject of suicide. Yes, suicide, paying attention to prevention and taking care of our own mental health. So often we talk about physical, our physical health, right? Eating the right things, exercise, workout, which is very critical 
It's, it's vital. Any doctor would tell you that. Mental health through the years is something that has taken a backseat. Even insurance, the way that it's, it's applied to people, doesn't have the same weight as a quote-unquote medical condition. And so I, as many of you know, I'm in the healthcare space. So I've seen firsthand over my 17 years of doing business in healthcare that mental health is not treated equally. I think we're making progress, certainly, but we have a ways to go. But why suicide? Why now? Why am I talking about this topic? Well, it just so happens that there have been a couple of recent examples that have been in my orbit, and it's just encouraged me to be more vocal about this particular issue. So earlier this year, I can't remember if I mentioned it or not. I, I was probably in a fog and in, in disbelief when this happened, but I lost a friend who was a part of a mastermind that I'm in. I met him a few years ago. He lived in Southern California and was just this incredible soul wonderful person in his late 20s going through the ups and downs of life like all of us. None of us are exempt. We experience the good just as much as we experience the bad, the challenging emotional turmoil uh, in relationships, personal situations, finance, career, all of that stuff. Losing him was a, a hard hit. It was a blow because he was somebody who was so vibrant, yet I could see some darkness and went back to conversations that I had with him individually to uncover that there were deeper unresolved issues of pain buried inside. Recently, you you know my partner, Aaron. You've seen him in the last episode, which was episode 100 of the show, and he did an interview of me. Well, he lost a cousin, a first cousin, who was in his 40s to suicide. And just yesterday, we were talking about one of his good friends that lost a nephew to suicide. So these are all suicides that have happened this year, and that nephew was 18. So we're talking about someone in their teens, someone in their 20s, someone in their 40s. Uh, these happen to be all male. Interesting. Uh, but different racial backgrounds, different uh, places that these folks grew up, different influences, different ages. And so it just shows us that suicide is not, it's, none of us are exempt. You know, it's, it's a, it's an issue that is rampant. And I think we need to talk about it more. We need to pay more attention and, and really be talking about these kind of matters. So I wanted to take some time to share some statistics with you. Uh, I was doing a little bit of research and uh, I went to, 
Mental Health America uh, to find a couple of highlights here that I wanted to point out. And these are just a few highlights, mind you. So there are, are many other statistics that I could share, but just to give you some perspective, okay? So in 2019, this is again, according to Mental Health America, in 2019, prior to the COVID, COVID-19 pandemic, 19.86%, so almost 20% of adults experienced a mental illness. That's 50 million Americans. Suicidal ideation continues to increase among adults in the U.S., so 4.58, so almost 5% of adults reported having serious thoughts of suicide, which is an increase of 664,000 people from last year. Now, these stats are just in America. Uh, if we went global, these numbers would be even bigger, but this is just a, a sample size to give you all some perspective on what I'm talking about here, okay? A growing percentage of youth in the U.S. live with major depression. 15.08% of youth experienced a major depressive episode in the past year. Over 2.5 million youth in the U.S. have severe depression, and multiracial youth are at the greatest risk. And that's the other thing I wanted to point out is that July is National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. Why is that interesting? Well, different cultures have different upbringings and there is even more interesting insights into their experience of, of, of mental health that isn't always addressed. And that could be for a variety of things. For example, being taught not to speak up on these things, to, to just deal with your deal with your feelings and not necessarily talk about them. It could also be pressure. Uh, like I remember, and in my culture, I am a Filipino American, uh, grew up in a Catholic household. Academics was of paramount importance and doing very well in school was important. In other cultures of similar uh, upbringing uh, and in, in, in many Asian cultures, and even I would, I would argue as well, I would say immigrant cultures, those who have generations that either your generation or the generation before you were immigrants to this country face a pressure of assimilation, assimilating to the American way, or if you are listening to this podcast in another country, there it's similar. People that are moving to a new environment, a new country, have an experience where you're you're struggling to fit in and assimilate because you want to be accepted. That's something that everybody wants to experience is that feeling of acceptance, you know? And so when you have those pressures, it makes, it, it just adds another layer. I remember when I was in college in yesteryear, a long time ago, uh, down in San Diego, I would remember at least once a year, which was just so sad. And there were more, but I could distinctly remember specific examples of at least once a year, someone at my university, 
not at other universities, but at mine that commit suicide in different ways, jumping off a parking lot structure, um, hanging themselves, uh, overdosing. And uh, why, why did they, they do these things? At that time, it was the pressure pressure from their families to do well scholastically, to do well academically, and it was just too much. In addition to, so you throw in the, the scholastic pressure and all of the things that you're dealing with in those formidable adult years where you're trying to also find yourself and manage new relationships, not just friendships, but, but for the first time, romantic relationships, you throw all of that together in one big pot. And that is a recipe for some very difficult mental health, you know, situations and uh, a higher likelihood of the consideration for suicide. You know, I, I can tell you my own story for me. I contemplated suicide uh, in my 20s and my 30s. And a lot of that came from the feeling of inadequacy, non-acceptance and judgment when I was going through divorce and going through just the tragedy of rela relationships ending and feeling like that was the end of the world. That was the end of an era. And as a result of that, it was the crushing of an identity that I was so tied to and the total fear of reinventing and, and, you know, persevering into a new chapter of my life and feeling like I wouldn't be accepted because there was, again, such a, such an attachment to who I once was and fear for who I was going to become. And so that was my personal journey. Um, I, you know, I don't have to spend all this time describing all the facets of that, but that's kind of the crux of it. That was the, w what I was going through personally and, uh, what saved me, you know, what saved me in my situation when I, and, and when I say I contemplated it, I, I mean, I had a gun, I had bullets. I, I several times was ready to shoot myself. Like that was going to be the method that I would do. And I even thought about pills, but I wasn't sure how many to take. And if that was going to work, I thought a gun would be more immediate. It would be quicker. It would be pain that would last for just, you know, a limited amount of time. You know, what saved me was more thinking about the people that it would be impacted if I did something that was that selfish. And, uh, you know, it, it was actually going through that process and then journaling, you know, thinking about the, the implications of, oh gosh, okay, this is how I feel. It's very dark. I feel very alone and it's very scary. Um, you know, what do I need to do to get out of this mindset? Who do I need to talk to, to get out of this mindset? And that, that's essentially what ended up saving me, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I, I, oh, I, I get emotional thinking about it <laughs> because it's such a dark time. It's such a dark time. Uh, I feel like I'm going to cry. Whew. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's very dark to think about, you know, going back to those moments and, and how selfish it would have been if I did that. But I, I get these folks, 
you know, the three examples of the people that I mentioned at the beginning of this call, um, beginning of this call. <laughs> I've been on so many Zoom calls. I just assume my mom was on a call. The beginning of this podcast episode, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it pains me. It pains me, you know, and, and this isn't just, this isn't just an issue of, oh, it's the pandemic and it's uncovering the fact that there's people that are depressed. There's, you know, contributing factors that I don't think we talk about enough and and I'll be honest, you know, one of them is social media. You know, if if anybody's watched, okay, he, here's two things that you that you can watch that that is quite interesting. Uh, Netflix, I feel like, is a big thing. That's like, ooh, you know, <laughs> current times. Netflix, right? Um, Thirteen Reasons Why is a is a super interesting series. I think for for young adults and for parents to watch. You know. Um, parental uh, advisory acknowledgement here. If anybody has younger children, you know, definitely be monitoring um, what you think is age appropriate to watch that show. But it really does uncover uh, a lot of the things related to social media um, that, that young people face that my generation did not face. We had the same issues as those young people today. However, it wasn't broadcasted all over the internet and shared and saved and just an internet world for, for eternity. Right. Um, so that's, it is, it is something. And, uh, if you watched, um, the social, what's it called? The social dilemma. That was when I think it came out in two, two years ago. I think I want to say September, 2020. Um, and, it, and it talked about the phenomenon of what social media does um, to us. And I've said it before in different episodes around comparison and keeping up with the Joneses and seeing everybody's highlight reel. And, you know, I know I might sound like a broken record, but it's the reality that we live in now. Everybody goes on there and gets dopamine hits when people like your photos, like your videos, comment on your stuff. And there's, there's a bright side to social media because you can use it for business, you can use it um, for good, you know, to monetize the the kind of products and services that you may be selling out there. And that might, and that, that might be doing wonders for you. But there is a dark side too of getting so obsessive with it that it starts to make you have anxiety, depression, and, you know, comparing yourself to others. And it just gets, it gets really, it gets really crazy. Um, so I just wanted to, to share that backdrop, put it out there as something, you know, to, to think about, to acknowledge and to make sure that we're, we're paying attention, you know, we're paying attention to this stuff. So one of the interesting things I found when I was looking at all the data is, is how there's not enough conversation around the call to action. What I want to leave you with in this episode is some things that you could do to take immediate action and work on collectively taking care of our mental health and focusing on prevention of suicide. Okay, so I'm just gonna run through a little list of things that I wrote down, and I would love for you to reach out to me, please. Send me an email, des at bornandbreakable.com, instant message me uh, or DM through, through uh, Instagram. Um, I, I wanna have dialogue. Okay, this is just my perspective on this. 
it's one view, but I think it's these things are so much more impactful when we have a collective conversation. So the first suggestion that I have is very simple, which is to check in with each other. We can all be doing this. And when I say check in, I don't mean the, the you know, the surface level. Uh, you know, when when people say, how are you? Are you receiving that? Are you really being open and honest with how you really are? Because very nonchalantly, our answer often is fine, doing fine, things are great. That's not the truth. That's kind of like the very Facebook appropriate kind of response that is for the masses, right? The the stuff that you is just like a cordial, uh, friendly kind of response to to say when you're talking to somebody that you're close to that you care about that's a family member a close friend a colleague exercise that vulnerability share what's on your mind share share the kinds of things that you're experiencing create dialogue that's healthy so we can recognize that every day is not perfect we all go through things and having a safe space of psychological safety is an important way for us to just open lines of ongoing continuous communication okay reach out the second thing is to reach out when you need support if you're going through something Call somebody that you trust. Reach out to somebody that you trust. Don't hesitate to pick up the phone uh, when things are awry. Whether it's in your, you know, something you're struggling through health-wise, in a relationship, in your career, it doesn't matter what it is. Don't wait until it becomes this volcanic eruption. Reach out to somebody if you need support, if you need help if you just need to talk. Okay, that was the other thing that I wanted to mention. I was reading this CNN article and it's fascinating. It says to reach the National Suicide Prevention Line for Mental Health Crisis and now takes only three digits, which is 988. 988. That's all you have to do. Did you know that? This is new information to me. Uh, dialing the the dialing code to reach the lifeline has been 1-800-273-TALK which will remain operating during the current expansion to call 988 but text messages can be sent to 988 as well so that's very interesting so anyhow just a tidbit for you okay back to my list if you're a parent or if you're a caregiver this is particularly something I want to emphasize, which is when you talk to young people, when you talk to children, talk with them, not at them. I know it can be difficult because young people feel you feel they need to be directed and, and that's so true in many cases. It's like, sit down, eat your vegetables. You know, there's those kinds of things. However, having conversations to ask questions is so much more effective than to always talk one directionally, meaning making a statement of telling someone what to do versus have, having a dialogue and, and talking to them about their feelings, you know? Um, 
you know, adolescence in particular, when we're, when we're talking about those, those teenage years, um, when it comes to difficult subjects like drugs, alcohol, sex, those things, it's easy to gravitate directly to don't do that. Don't do drugs. Don't overdrink. Don't have sex. You know, it's, it's so easy to do that. You know exactly what you were doing during their age and you didn't pay attention and didn't listen to anyone that said for you not to do any of those things, right? Instead, you talk about, so what, what do you know about drugs? What are the kinds of things that you're hearing? Let's, let's have a dialogue. What, what are your feelings about that? What do you think about that? If XYZ situation occurred, how do you think you would respond to that? Maintaining a sense of calm, curiosity, and dialogue that's non-judgmental is such an important part of creating psychological safety long-term. Because when there are heightened emotional situations where somebody is in need because they're, they're facing something really challenging, when you've set the stage to have the safe environment, there is a higher degree of likelihood that a young person will come to you and speak up and say something and go, you know, I'm going through this. This is really difficult. I'm not sure what to do. Uh, this is what I've tried. It's not working. I feel sad. I feel depressed. I feel alone. I feel unheard. I feel unseen. These are all things that, you know, in those early stage years is important to create that space. And then of course, carry that forward uh, into, you know, adulthood. So those, those habits and conversational tactics are, are carried into, you know, adulthood. Um, and so, yeah, focus on asking questions versus making assumptions and, and being too directive. Um, my last couple of points here, put social media into perspective, okay? And what I mean by that is recognize that most of what you're seeing on social media is the, is the highlights, you know? And I, I think I, I, I wrote a blog, you know, recently about not feeling enough and how, you know, it's important to, you know, when you see things that you have some envy for, be happy for people and also recognize that that's one side of the story. You know, it's interesting because I see all the cele celebratory, you know, moments that are shared on social media and I, my whole thing is to limit my time. I pretty much use social media to talk about my podcast, which is what I'm doing with y'all right now is being here with you on the show. Um, you know, so promoting episodes, so you, so you know what kind of content I'm bringing to you. Uh, and then doing things that I think are, are fun for people to see, you know, when I go on travels and I think it's fun and interesting, but, but pretty much that's my limitation. I kind of check out what's going on with people, but I, I try to limit myself so you don't get into this abyss of just, you know, looking at all these things that can overstimulate you and, and have a negative effect on your psychology, right? So put social media into perspective and, and limit your time on there. For heaven's sake, don't make it the first thing that you look at when you wake up and the last thing that you look at before bed. Do something else. Try meditating, journaling, going for a walk, having some peace, 
bringing more Zen to your life, those kinds of things, first thing in the morning, last thing before you hit your, your head hits the pillow. Okay. And that, that leads me to my last point here, which is to make time to disconnect from the hustle and the bustle. You know, I just started this podcast episode with the fact that I took a vacation that I hadn't done in years. It, it felt very foreign to me. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that you have to do that, but figure out what that disconnect looks like. If it's just if it starts out being a day and you can actually turn that into a whole weekend or, you know, take baby steps if you have to, or weave into your day that 30 minutes where you're not being distracted by anything else so you have a moment to breathe. If you do have a Fitbit or an Apple Watch or whatever sort of device that you can be encouraged to, to breathe, to stand, to, you know, do these types of things and take a break. Take, that's why they call it a mental break. Part of supporting our mental health is keeping us in a state of consciousness, of consciousness that helps us to recognize our feelings. And no, if you're listening right now, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to go through a moment of depression, to have a time of darkness, to have anxiety. What I'm saying is to acknowledge it, feel it, and connect with others as you're going through these, these situations, experiences, and emotions, and absolutely call for help. If you need professional help, I just talked about 988. You know, if it, maybe it's professional help you need. Don't be afraid to go to a counselor, go to a therapist, you know, or, or you know, if you don't want to spend money, then go, go to a friend, like I said, a trusted person. But we have to Take it upon ourselves as individuals to do something because there is just, it's, it's, it's everywhere. And, and just know, I'm going to end the episode with saying this, you don't know what other people are going through. Be kind to one another. When you see someone out there in a grocery store, standing in a coffee line, waiting for gas, going to the bank, running your daily errands. Look people in the eye. If you don't have a mask on, smile at them and nod. Acknowledge the people around you. Don't walk around oblivious, not paying attention to the fact that you can influence people with your kindness, with something as simple as a smile, with something as simple as an acknowledgement. We are all human beings at the end of the day and it is our responsibility as a collective to be there for one another okay so that is what i wanted to talk about with you today please reach out like i said if you have other topics interests that you want me to address i just thought this was very important to put out there into the universe so we can actually take a step back and be there for one another recognize that mental health is a thing that we all have a role in contributing to okay um i have exciting things coming obviously guests but um Next week, I'll make an announcement about a cool series that is going to launch in August here on the Born Unbreakable podcast because you know, after episode 100, you have to spice things up and bring some new content and interesting 
things uh, to keep people engaged in new ways. And so that is what I am doing. Uh, so I will make that announcement soon next week. Um, the next episode is going to be an exciting one with a guest. I am trying to, you know, change things up and bring you some of these solo episodes so you can get to know me and my perspective a little bit more. I've gotten good feedback, so you'll see some doses of this and of course what you all have been so used to and so supportive of, which is bringing expert guests onto the show, talking about things like their self-limiting beliefs and how they overcome and how they be, how they are unapologetically them. Cause that's what the show is all about. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much. Don't forget to hit the follow or subscribe button to stay following the show. So you are aware of any new episodes that come up And remember, you are your only limit. So take action today. I will see you next time.